Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to How Preschool Teachers Do It. This is Allison Kentos. I am an early childhood educator. And this is Cindy Tarabush. I am an early childhood consultant. This podcast is for parents and early childhood professionals. Let our experience and research-based knowledge become your guide. Happy Monday, preschools, peeps. Hi, peeps. We were just doing that thing that you see sometimes on TV bloopers when you can't stop laughing, but we'll be okay. <laughs> and I don't know why we're laughing. This topic is like not a particularly comic topic. Though no, it's, no, it's not. Though it's, uh, I think that the two of us were like, yeah, when we were talking about it. Yeah. We, there are some things that make certain groups of people more innovative than others. And during this time of great change, which is going to be almost a thread through some of our episodes coming up during this time of great change educationally, you will, I think it's going to be more obvious which schools are innovative and which are not. Yeah. So, you know, we're innovating now is what we're doing. We're figuring out what does this experience through the pandemic closings and hybrid learning and quarantines and all that stuff and having to use technology and how what's going to happen now what is early education going to look like now right time of great flux and change and some people will innovate some people will not And there's loads of reasons for that we're going to talk about and tackle one reason I think Allison you may agree it's the low-hanging fruit in early childhood education yeah (laughs) what stands in the way of some of the innovating and I so how can I put this? Okay, here's what stands in the way of some schools innovating, the lack of diversity on the staff. So here's the sort of quick look at that. And then I'll explain different dimensions of diversity because there, diversity means a lot of things. It's not just your skin color or your religion or yeah. diversity is a lot of things. And there are even two layers of it. Basically, when there's a lot of diversity in a work group. People actually innovate more and work harder and put more time into preparing things because they know they're not all the same. So they assume people don't think like them and they are going to have to work harder to get points across, to make things happen. So people actually put deeper thinking and more intention into what they're doing. If they are in a work group of people that vary in diverse, you know, vary in these characteristics of diversity. When you're working with a group that's basically all the same, everybody's like figures, oh, somebody else will say it. 
somebody else will prepare. We all think alike. It's okay. And that's really challenging in early childhood education because for many of the dimensions of diversity, we are not different. So let me explain what the dimensions of diversity are. And I'm looking, if anyone's watching us on YouTube, I'm looking over to a monitor on my right where I have a graphic (laughs) of this, sorry. Um, So the dimensions of diversity have two layers. There is an inner layer, which is where we have no control over our characteristics that would relate to diversity. You were born this way. They include, they include uh, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, age, gender, and physical ability. Okay. That's just who you are. Yeah. Right. That's who you are. Who you are biologically. You were born, you were born that way and you can't help it. Yeah. Who you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Then there's the other layer, the outer layer, which is what we have some control over, but which we may or may not, or it may or may not change okay. over time. That's a lot of things. So interestingly, it's in that it can change over time sphere is religion. Isn't that interesting? So the inner, well, the inner layer did not include religion. And I don't know if people noticed that. It included ethnicity and race, but not religion. Well, I, I kind of agree with that. Like you're born into a family that might be religious, but you choose how you practice it or right. if you practice it, you know, and you could change religions at change any time. religions, right. So yeah. they put that on the other layer. It makes layer. sense. Yeah. So the, the layer that can change over time, maybe, maybe not, uh, and is within your control is religion, education, work experience, your thinking style, your personal values, your political beliefs, your personal appearance, your marital status, and your income. So when you think of that whole list, this is what makes people different from each other. All Mm -hmm. those things that we just talked about make people different from each other. But when you go to the, to many early childhood situations ever, or any early childhood settings, people are not all that different from each other. It is a very female dominated Mm -hmm. occupation. Yeah. Um, with people, if you walk into schools, although it may vary from setting to setting, the people within a school, in my experience, have similar educational backgrounds because that's how they're hired in that yep. setting. So there are some places that insist that early childhood teachers have a certain certification or a certain degree, degree. from college. And, and the teachers have that. And then the teacher assistants do not. So right or mostly do not, some do, but mostly do not in a lot of the settings that I go into. So you've got these two spheres sort of of educational level, but not much more beyond that. Um, So, and people generally, you know, you've got your group of teachers and you've got your group of teacher assistants and you have your admins. So there isn't even a whole lot of difference in what people do. Like if you were to walk into a corporate building, if you walk into a business, there's many different departments and jobs in a large business. Yeah. And, and the advice from people who are experts in these sort of workplaces and group dynamics is that when you're coming up with work groups in like a big corporate situation, you want people with all different job positions. Right. So in a school that could translate to, we need to make There's... sure we have an even distribution, or if we're creating professional learning communities where, where we empower our staff to investigate things and make decisions in work groups. Right. They have to include teachers and teacher assistants and admins. You can't, when you work with schools that go, okay, my teachers get together in a group, 
my teacher assistants get together and different, you don't have enough diversity in your groups. Yeah. And I, I think this is very true. Just being, I'm at the public school. So not much diversity amongst a staff members, but when they create these committees or these PLC, sometimes sometimes are like, okay, you'll just meet in your PLC with your grade level and nothing gets done because we're all like, whatever. And, and you're not excited. <laughs> you're not excited about it either. Cause you're like, not that I don't love the people in my grade level, but however, it's like, yeah, we work together all the time. But when there is a committee that's created where it's like, okay, we're gonna have one from each grade level and some from the specials and some at assistance and some admin and it's all mixed together. Now you have some excitement and people want to talk about their ideas because they all come from a different point of view in the teaching world, at least, you know, it's a little bit more, I guess, innovative would be the, the term to yeah. use more creative, I think, or like your ideas get changed sometimes because you're like, Oh, that's a good idea for kindergarten. But in the art room, we would do it this way, you know, and you start talking about the different ways you can do these certain ideas in your realm. But when it's all just the same, when it's all the same, it's no good. Okay, so, we all teach kindergarten. It's not good. Yeah. So, you know, first piece of advice. And again, what I think is kind of low hanging fruit is you can't have meetings with people who all do the same job. You have to mix it. Right. Mix so it you up. need, yeah. you need representatives that do the different positions. Yeah. And here's some things we have to come to value more. We're going to get a lot of positive things. Last time we spoke about this, Allison, we got a lot of positive feedback. Ready? <laughs> yeah. We want the men. We want Thank the you. men who are willing yes. to work with young children. We <laughs> want you. the men in our locations. Yeah. We want people of different ages. So don't mm-hmm. just think hiring a particular age is what you want to do. You need to hire across all ages, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So if you're yeah. looking for a child... Uh, care or early education setting that's private and you're picking, right? Not like when you right. go to public school, you're picking for your child. Take a look at the staff. Is it diverse the way we're talking about? Because they'll probably get more done. So right. again, we want the men. Hi, men. I know you loved when we said this last time. Yeah. Um, you want people of different ages. You want people of different ethnicities. You want yeah. people you know, I know in faith-based organizations, they're going to look for people of the same religion. So then you got to figure out what else can we do? What else can, what else can we figure out? Yeah. How can we get differences in here? Also yeah. this, also this, when your staff is diverse, you are now representing the world the children live in. Right. And right. you're better reflecting society for them than when yeah. they walk in and all they see are, you know, a bunch of Caucasian women my age, all mm. that's all they see. And that's all they see. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. really we're representing the world when we right. are more diverse. So even in a faith-based center, you know, maybe you can hire some paras or assistants who are of a different culture. We want yeah. the people who are bilingual. We want yes. as much diversity as you can bring into an early childhood setting. It benefits the children because you're representing their families and the world and it benefits the staff because they actually will work harder because they think people (laughs) disagree with them. Yes. It's like a subconscious (laughs) thing. And I can totally see that. I can totally see it. When you work with teachers and teacher assistants, even, and you have them in mixed work groups, here's what happens. The teacher assistants work harder, some of them anyway, will work harder on whatever the task is for that work group because they want to prove that they are as good and wonderful as the teachers. Mm -hmm. 
and the teach and they are by the way and the teachers um will work hard because they have to show how very very experienced and educated they are to the assistants i can totally see this dynamic working (laughs) Um, and i've seen it work where people are like well i have to go in sounding as smart as i am alleged to be as the lead teacher so I'm right. going to prepare and the teacher assistant's going, well, we better prepare because I'm not going to sit there looking like I don't know anything. Like I don't know I anything. Do know things. And yes, you <laughs> yeah. do know things. The school you can't run without you. Without you. Yes. Um, so I, I can, on that very small scale, I can see it working. Yeah. This is something that we need to prioritize right now. Yeah. Because if your early childhood setting, whether you work in it or you send children to it, is not innovating right now, is not willing to try new and hard things. I just don't even know what to say after all we've been through and the direction that early education is headed. I mean, let's face it. If more, and I'm going to just get tiny political right now, tiny, tiny, (laughs) tiny, just a little, (laughs) if if more federal dollars are going to be going to universal three and four-year-old classrooms in the public schools, and you are working in a private provider, you got to be changing and innovating. Yes. You have to. That's the only way you're going to be able to partner with public schools. That's the only way you're going to be able to compete with public schools. And the people who have done that, that I work with, the people who have motivated their staff, and we'll talk more about that again in the future, maybe, but the people who have motivated their staff, who have had accountability, who have said, Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing, and they have moved the staff forward, actually are able to compete with the public schools in their area. Because they offer what the public schools do, plus some. Plus, Plus better wraparound programs, you know, yes. where they have different hours for before and after care. Right. Plus your infant and toddler doesn't need to switch schools at the tender age schools. of three because we right. have a it's wonderful a- program here. Um, yeah. Plus, you know, we'll take some of them, we'll take subsidy to help you be able to stay right. here. I mean, they. Yeah. Plus it's a smaller environment than the public school, Correct. you know, which is great, you know, for some kids need that parents need that. Yeah. And, you know, you can sit around and complain about this going to public school from now till doomsday, but it's the same path that kindergarten took to public schools. So the writing is on the wall. Yeah. The question is, are you going to do everything that you can to be top notch? Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. And I feel like with what we've just gone through this past year of COVID and tech and changing things and everything, if you didn't innovate and change from this past experience, then you're going to be back in the world that it was two years ago and not in the current world. And parents, when they enroll their student somewhere, their child somewhere, they're going to look for something that's current, not something that's from 2018. You know, yeah. Now there might be some parents who want that old, older way of doing things, but the world has changed. There are things things from COVID-19 that honestly should stay in place. Some of the safety and health measures should just stay in place forever. Everybody would have less stomach viruses, less colds, less Um, COVID-19. You know, there are certain things about uh, numbers of children in a group. Wouldn't that be nice if that could stay and we could give them more one-to-one attention? But I don't think that's going to happen. At least the health and safety measures. The health and safety could stay in. I think- I think using technology to connect to parents yes. 
that should stay. That should you know, stay. if you're just going to throw away some of the things that we learned over this past year because you just want it to be back to the way it was, you're you're missing out. You know, and you're missing a big contingent of people that you might connect with. That's very true. I I think that that has to stay. And I think that that's just the bottom layer of what needs to happen now in early childhood settings. We have to make sure that the federal government understands what developmentally appropriate practice is. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to make sure that there are people in place to oversee this who are champions for children. Yes. There's a lot that needs to be advocated for right now. Yeah. And in this time of flux, then you, you got to think about what's the composition of the staff where I'm taking my child or where I work. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to be hiring, and a lot of places are, a lot of places yeah, are short-staffed. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I'm going to be hiring, I'm not going to subconsciously make sure I hire the same person over and over. I'm going to look right. with for people with rich experiences, with, you yeah. know, with things that may add to my staff. One of the... Um, Things we should be looking for when we hire is when you're hiring teachers or teacher assistants or paras, can this person bring something new to the table is something you should be asking yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. And part of bringing something new to the table actually is making sure that, you know, we, we, that we value diverse staffs. Yeah. Even, even, and I keep going back to this, maybe because of me, I don't know, even different ages of people. Yeah. You know, older and experienced is great. Younger and excited is great. And yeah. and we should have and both. Yeah, you should have both and everything in between. And then you put them in work groups together yeah. to work together on thinking and lesson planning and preparing. And you put them in work yeah. groups together because they're going to up each other's game. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah I, if maybe I'll put stuff on the website eventually about diversity and what people I know people are going to contact us now and say I'm hiring can you explain to me again (laughs) what the differences are that would be good for my staff if I have the opportunity to find someone who's good yeah um so okay I think we explained why some staffs are more innovative (laughs) than others it's just the composition of the staff yes yes that's it it's Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Like if you have a bunch of like-minded people, you're they not going to have back new ideas. Somebody else and, will think of it. And everybody's <laughs> mind will be the same. So nobody will, will throw a new idea in there because you're all just thinking the same. So like, it makes sense. Yeah. The diversity would make sense and make more innovation. You know? And if you're looking for an early childhood setting and you're out there asking questions of directors of preschools, for example... I think that it's a valid question to say to them, you know, how does this staff innovate? Yeah. What things, what sort of changes have taken place in your, in this staff over the past five years? And if they just stare at you, like nothing's changed since the day of the flood, (laughs) run for your life because we know so much more now. Find find (laughs) a place that can say to you, oh, in the last five years, we've upped our curriculum. We've yep. joined a quality rating and improvement system in our state. Yeah. We've, there's lots of things people have, could have done in the five past five years. Right. Um, and I think that that's a valid question. How yeah. have you innovated? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. And if you ask that question and they're like, yeah, we've kept everything the same because we think that everything that we do is, has been so wonderful for children and we don't need the newest 
right. things. And I, I you should look ask... around and see if the staff all seems to be from the same dimensions of diversity. That would explain it. Right. I would also say if you are a person who is listening, who is looking for a job to ask that at your job interview, you know, because it'll tell you a lot about a center and a school, if they say, no, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, if they don't even know what you're talking about, they're gonna be like, wait, what? Or if they can say, hey, we've done this, 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 and this in the last five years, and we're the next five years, we plan on doing this. You'd be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, instead of being like, we haven't changed anything in the last 20 years, we use the same curriculum we used in 1980, you know, then, then there might be an issue, <laughs> you know? So schools, schools, uh, when I think about preschools in the last five years, they would be able to tell you, oh, we added an assess an ongoing assessment yeah. tool. We've beefed up or added curriculum. We've yeah. added a social emotional curriculum. We, um, what else have they done? We've rearranged our classrooms to be yeah. more user-friendly to the children. There's so much that so we've much learned about, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, they should be able to take things off for you. Yeah, yeah. And again, if they can't, it could just be the composition of the staff. So we're yeah. going to leave you with that thought, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe we'll do some more episodes about what uh, inspires change mm -hmm. and that sort of thing in the future. So stick with us and be one of our preschool peeps and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Where, oh, by the way, we did hit, thank you all very much, those hundred subscribers we mentioned in our last episode. I'm still <laughs> looking at it. Like apparently it takes time for YouTube to kind of go, okay, now you can use your own URL. Oh yeah. These okay. days. So all right, bit. we'll wait. That's and then I'll, we'll I'll start to look yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll let you know. But that's okay. But yeah. we're there. Yeah. <laughs> thank you all very much. Subscribe yeah. wherever you are listening or watching or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to thank you all because we are on yet another list of top preschool podcasts. I know. It's I was so, so psyched. I was so psyched <laughs> because we were list right under the podcast from the Center on the Developing Child at Harvard University. And then us, like go and figure. Us, and above are. some others that we, we've never been above before. So it was like really exciting. It was really, really, really exciting. Really and that's because of you guys. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we wish you, we wish you much hope. Yes. We do. And now you're all going to go back and be like, oh, dang, this is a, this is why nothing's happening. I've got all of the same person in every class. Yeah. 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 We will catch you next week on the podcast, folks. Bye, peeps. Bye.